Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Joe Suchere. Roads are passable. Everything's back to normal. Everything. Everything is back to normal. What's the current temp? Uh, what is the current temp? That 24, bro. 24, bro. 24. The youth of Garage Logic continue to respond. Hello? Oh, yeah. I'm with you. What's, with, the, what's with these glasses? Are they fake? Or? No, they're real. I... I can. But if they're cheaters, I have better than perfect vision, so the top is clear. But down here, they're they're the cheaters, so they morph into the cheaters. They're called bifocals. Okay, so I can I I wear the glasses all the time, so I don't lose them or wreck them. Mm-hmm. I used to buy dollar store glasses. Yeah. Now with my VSP program, I bought good ones from St. Paul Eye Clinic. Joel, my name is Nick Anderson, and I've emailed the show a few times before. I'm 22 years old and grew up listening to Garage Logic with my dad. At 18 years old, I played junior hockey in Atlanta and Vancouver, always listening via podcast while traveling on our team bus. Now I am a student at the University of Minnesota Carlson School, and I am happy to report Mm. that although the academy is slowly disintegrating, there is still a very high percentage of students and professors who believe in common sense and fiscal conservatism. I was in Hawaii during the North Korean false missile alarm, and after realizing I was not going to die, I was looking forward to hearing what your thoughts on it would be. As a non-smoker at 22, I did not have a box of Luckies behind a pane of glass, but I can understand why that might have been your first move. I am fortunate enough to get to travel abroad for school, and on Thursday, tomorrow, I am leaving for the Czech Republic for four months, where I will be bringing Garage Logic with me. Thank you, and look forward to many more months of listening from across the globe. Here, here. How about that? Here, uh, here. And uh, Carrie Clad is our Clad, right? Oh, I love Carrie. Is that, uh, our, she's a, is that the, our Carrie? Yeah, yep, the yep. donut bites. Yesterday, you, uh, Joe. Yesterday, you made mention that younger GL parents should really think twice before sending their child off to college. You brought this up in conjunction with a story about Oxford University deciding to extend exam times to women in order to boost their test scores, which, of course, I think is ridiculous. I wanted to write to you because my husband and I have had conversations recently about not wanting to send a future child to college. We both graduated from the University of St. Thomas, and so did my sister and his siblings 
We all were very fortunate to come out of college with little to no debt, thanks to our wonderful parents who saved and planned for our futures. But looking at the world now, especially the ever-failing academy, none of us can fathom sending kids to college in 18 to 20 years. We would much rather our children go into the trades and uh, working for themselves. We are most certainly going to promote owning your own business and relying on yourself instead of the collective, that is the academy or the government. I really believe that the majority of kids who attend college in the near future will be products of progressive, liberal-minded parents who want the government to control their child's thinking. I agree that if a kid has a specific goal to be a doctor or an aerospace engineer, then yes, find a way to get them to school, but if not, it's probably best to nudge them away from college and off all of the debt. In short, I just wanted you to know that there are some of us who will raise the next batch of GLers. Also, my husband and I are planning or are expecting our first child due in June. And don't worry, don't worry. We'll pick traditional names. If it's a boy, we'll pick William after my dad, who I played hockey with. Uh-huh. He's a late great. Uh, good luck, <laughs> Carrie Clatt Moran. She's on Twitter at Donut Bites MN. See, the youth of GL are out there. They're out there. Yeah. Well, and and, and look, does when you wear the glasses, uh, do you, can you not move your head? You you. I get it like a superpower. I get super smart. I got super smart. Super smart. Uh, Carrie, who whose parents did have a successful business, a auto body business, could have just sat there with the family business. She went out on her own and started a donut business, uh, a female starter up business that's doing well. How could she do that as a female? Wouldn't she? Need, uh, and, well, it took an extra more, fifteen minutes. Would it, she have needed more time? Yeah, she needed a little more time to do that. Yeah. Speaking of food, um, I won't review it now, but oh, later God, on in the broadcast, it was the taste of the Super Bowl at uh, TCF <laughs> Bank Stadium in the DQ suite or whatever it the is. The DQ club room. DQ club room. Were you there? Oh, he was first in line. Were you Bruh. there, Reeves? No, I, I was solo. I was going to join Rookie, but I had stuff I needed to take care of this morning, so I was unable to attend. Let me uh, let me see if I understand this. This was a media call to uh, yes to come and taste the food so they get more free pub. Kind of you know, kind of uh, get a feel for what they're going to be serving at the Super Bowl at, during the game. You mean yeah, and some of the what's part. available at the concession stands. Uh, yeah, and it's not just your you know get foot a long hot dog for the low low price of forty eight dollars. Well, who cares if the if the tickets are nine grand? I have no sympathy for whatever you have to pay for a hot dog. Okay, so what at- did you find out? Well, no, I'll later. Oh, I don't do want to hijack later. the show. I'll do it at a time. Well, like... you've done it before. Well, I'm, I'm not prepared yet. Were I... you representing the station, or yes. were you just freeloading? No, no, I was representing the station. I took notes. I have a, no. I have some notes. What's the notes say? Top hat? Yeah, pretty much. Good, bad. Uh, but one of the items, one of the key featured items, my review will surprise you. Not might. <laughs> will surprise you. Well... You could do that in conjunction with something I wanted to mention about the Super Bowl if you're prepared to do it in the next segment. Sure, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you get I, your I don't want, well, prepared, I don't want you to hang on a minute now. Prepared means that, uh, you know, there's a, a, a strong effort went into it. Let's not oversell this. You know who I expect is calling today? I just have a feeling. Who? Former, Rick from Harlingen? Former Senator Franken. Did you read these? Uh, oh, the developments the expanded with his... allegations against Keeler. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. What was the? Well, you're probably going to get into it later. I'll have some questions for you about the Garrison.
I wouldn't be surprised if his buddy weighed in. You I'm think not, so? I don't know. Okay. But he's not working. He's probably listening. Uh, he'd be one of the former radio guy. He's probably listening. Well, he'd be one of the euphorians who would listen, but not be able to admit it to anybody. He would not. It would. Uh, it would be covert. Yeah. He might have the uh, the Dr. Dre, you know, the beats on something yeah. like that, so nobody <laughs> yeah. could hear him. And he's out, you know, shuffling around Lake of the Isles or something. Exactly. Um, he would not be um, shuffling around uh, Lake Calhoun because that, of course, is no longer Calhoun. No, it's not. Calhoun. You know what that is? What is it? That is. Yep, like something that. like that. Yeah. yeah. All right, just a moment. Okay. Here's Joe Suchere. Here we go. Pretty good tune. Here we go. Can you take it down, please? I will, but I like this song. It's a Cure song I really do enjoy. I know. It's my favorite. It's it's best on a summer day, isn't it? Yeah, when the uh, window's down. Okay, thank you. I like to hear the pitch. I know, I know. Okay, here we go. Super Bowl planners have said that more than a million visitors will be in town for the big game. And we've always poo-pooed that. Right. That does not seem plausible. Now it's down to 125,000. Ah. And we, imagine if our team would have made it, there would have been but, no. But there, here's the distinction they're now drawing uh, 125,000 outsiders are expected to arrive in Minnesota. Okay. People from other cities. Yep. Or around the world, perhaps. Got it. It's a million people, they claim, who will take part in the festivities. In other words, you, you could live in Woodbury or Chaska or Blaine or or Lakeville or whatever, and you'll go downtown to one of the parties or, you know, stand in line in a food truck or something. Got it. And you'll be counted as uh, part of the throng of a million people who will participate. It's not so they're backing off. Well, they're not backing off. They're just, uh, uh, what are they doing? They're shedding new light on these numbers. We didn't really mean a million people were going to arrive here from out of town. Okay. What we mean to say is that a million people will be uh, uh, participating in the festivities. So today, for example, when you went on this uh, pretend errand to actually work for the station oh, and taste food, you, were, you would be countered, seriously— you would be figured mm. into that million people. Okay. So you're partaking. Got it. You you took Aramark part. Aramark said, come on in, and, and we're going to showcase some of the local. Was it uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium? It was at in the Dairy Queen Club. What do they call it? Reeves? The DQ Club. DQ Road. Club. Well, where's that? In, in U.S. Bank Stadium? That's where we had the first Brewers Ball. May I continue to ask the question until I get an answer? Joe, yeah. you were there. Is that in U.S. Bank Stadium? Yes. No. Yes, it is. No, TCF Bank Stadium. Or I'm sorry, yeah, TCF Bank Stadium. Okay, that's what I was at. Okay, yeah. You don't remember the first I do, I do. That's the room we were in. Okay. There we go. All right. What did you discover? A lot of of things. Oh, my God, he's got... No, I did. I I took notes. I'm not going to go through everything because I didn't get to try (laughs) everything, but I'm going to tell you... You know, I've asked him to do serious things. Got four pages of notes here. But he... Put Highlights. food in front of him. He's going to take extensive notes. Look at this. Yeah, we got. Uh, there's a folder. There's. I took notes on each 
on the items presentation taste. Um, but I, I, we don't have time to go through the entire thing. I will say this. Uh, they have a uh, AFC-NFC tribute sandwich uh-huh. that, where, where two sandwiches are kind of fighting against each other. Okay. Uh, New England, what's that going to be? Uh, uh, something seafood? New England clam roll. All right. Uh, I didn't try because I don't and like clam. And then a Philly cheesesteak. And you know what? Hmm. Uh, I did not like the Philly cheesesteak. All right. They made it with Italian. And he's consulting his notes as he, as Listen, he says this. Italian roast pork. <laughs> I, you know, one time the Smithsonian was in town, the, the phrase top hat and garage logic dates back to that. The, the A big deal that the Smithsonian brought a rolling, a rolling exhibit through town, and we went uh, in hopes of gaining material for the show. And I said, you got a notebook, don't you? And he said, yep. Oh, yeah. And we went all through the, for hours we were We're looking at NASA, pieces of the moon. Seriously, we were in there for a long time, and we get done, and I said, let me see your notes. And he had two words written, top hat, because he saw Lincoln's top hat. This one of the first thing I came in hot. I was like, but today you got a folder and uh, single space pages of notes. Today I don't have time, I don't have enough time for all this material. Yeah. Um, uh, the Philly cheesesteak, right. Italian roast pork, sautéed broccoli. They, uh, you don't though. This is not. I don't like uh, that. Sharp provolone and a hoagie roll. All right. But you know what, Joe? Did you wolf it down? I had one bite yeah. and said, "This is not a Philly cheesesteak. You're supposed to be wearing half of that. That's it's right. supposed to be cheesy and All saucy." Right, move on. Uh, okay, so I didn't try the clam roll. Uh, the Philly. But see, I would have eaten that. Uh, you probably would have liked it. Another photog was chowing on it and said, "Who's, who's preparing this food?" Different, uh, Aramark. Different. This was specifically Aramark, right. but there's also going to be local uh, restaurants that are doing this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that I really, really liked. Yeah, let's just cut to that. All right, something called Curds and Cakes. I've never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. It's a husband and wife team. Jalapeno cheese curds were very spicy, and Blue Moon bacon cheese curds. That sounds good. Uh, and they weren't just, you know, they were well put together. As in the Blue Moon at the fair? Uh, no. Oh, the I Blue Moon beer. The blue right? moon beer. Oh, uh, blue moon. What's the moon thing at the fair? What am I thinking? Yeah, about? it's a blue moon diner. Blue moon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I really, uh, five out of five, Ike's Roadhouse Sloppy so you, Joe. You began to rate, rate them for yourself, huh? Yeah, that's Ike's Food and Cocktails. Mm-hmm. They had a roadhouse Don't sandwich. Don't they have a restaurant at the airport? Uh, yes, and I think downtown. Mm-hmm. But they're really, uh, the caramelized onions were fabulous. <laughs> and then the best thing I had there, I won't go through everything, the best thing I had there uh, was the braised short rib sandwich. I could do that. Uh, you would have liked that. Caramelized onions. And that's from Ike's? Uh, this one was uh, from Aramark. But this is what people will be buying during the game. Yeah, they had Kermarchek's uh, bratwurst. I've already had that. It's great. Sure. Specialty cocktails. Uh, and then a huge smoked turkey leg. I mean, it looks like the uh, the piece of meat that they put so you, inside of Fred Flintstone. So you look like some sort of caveman gnawing on that thing. That's exactly. what I want to do. I want to drop nine grand on a Super Bowl ticket yeah. and sit next to Fred gnawing down a turkey leg. Oh, Great was, big turkey leg. It was wonderful. <laughs> and then I won't uh, tell you everything, but the, the last two items uh, were dessert items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't try the cookie dough cone. I wouldn't. But I did try the, uh, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. here we go. It was the assorted truffles from Just Truffles on Grand. Yeah. I've never had anything better. I don't know what a truffle is. A truffle is a, a piece of candy with uh, soft chocolate oh, or yeah. something with a harder shell. All right. And uh, a good crunch to it. It's very delicious. Those are fabulous. And then just across the street, 
uh, T-Rex cookies, sea salt caramel cookie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and they are yeah. really, those are the two best desserts that I Look found at the there. extensive It's boats. unbelievable. I didn't try any of the booze. Here's the, would you drink this? Two drinks. The Wicked Red, representing the AFC. Cranberry juice, rum, and blueberry. Uh, no. No? No. How about uh, the NFC representing Midnight Green Punch, Vodka, Sour Apple, and Lemon Lime Soda? No. No? Uh, no. Okay. They were not made available to the uh, the working press. The actual horde expected to descend on the Twin Cities from outside the state is closer to 125,000 people, according to estimates from Pennsylvania-based Rockport Analytics, which is working with the Super Bowl host committee. The million figure is meant to gauge attendees of Super Bowl-related events, many of whom will be Minnesotans. Many of whom, I would say virtually all of whom. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that million figure really references a million people that are going to be in the Twin Cities spending resources, enjoying Super Bowl activities, and reflects the energy that we're going to see in the Twin Cities during the next 10 days, said Michael Howard, a spokesman for the host committee. Okay, what's a million minus one? 999,999. That's all the people they have left to attract, because you, you counted today. You are oh. now among the million people. Okay, so if I go to Mancini's uh, during Super Bowl week, am I, am I, oh, there has to be an event of some sort, I see. I think they want you to be, uh, you know, standing in line at a concert or something. Okay, if you're going on the slide at CHS Field. Is that part of the uh, Super Bowl or is that Winter Carnival? I thought it was bleeding over. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know for sure. I'll find out. All right. Well, uh, you're in. You uh, you so want? I'm, I'm you, part of the. So I want to. Do I get a check? What do I? What let me ask you this: Were there? Uh, what what are we calling the volunteers? Uh, code fifty two or uh, oh the crew uh, fifty two crew fifty two or any of them at this didn't see any uh, custom jackets or well, see any trading you, isn't that something what if you would needed would have needed guidance to find your way around what if there were out of town press people at this event? well there were there were um, hosts of different what radio time shows was this by the way uh, eleven o'clock all right uh, there were shows of uh, hosts of other radio shows that probably could so just now I know now guidance. I know where you were. When I was attempting to work with you this morning, and I didn't get an answer, you were eating. Yeah, I saw you called a couple times, and I yeah. figured, you know what? If I answer the phone, it's just going to upset him. Right. Him knowing that I'm at this food place, so I just I let it roll to voice. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah I think let it roll to voice. Well, just to to relieve the stress of you not knowing where I was, right. instead of knowing where I was and going, damn it, get to work. Yeah. Well, it worked out. Yeah. Uh, is John Height ready? Let's go. Anna from Matamita has an interesting question. After seeing the behavior of the Eagles fans, would you rent your home to them? <laughs> this is not a joke. I just had this conversation with somebody last night. Really? My next door neighbor, um, he rented out his house months ago. Uh, you, you'll be living next to them? Well, no, I I, I think he rented it to a, a family from Texas that's oh. coming to town for the game. Oh. But he did it months ago, and I thought... Those poor people that are putting their house up now are going to be renting it to these savages that are coming to town. People named Biff. Oh. And there'll be remnants of Philly cheesesteak sandwiches all over the wall and ground into the couch. Oh, Okay, yeah. but oddly enough, uh, at this Super Bowl event, 
<laughs> I was talking to a, another man that is a, our direct competition sports-wise, mm-hmm. one of the producers over there. Mm-hmm. Guardsy. Guardsy. Good guy. <laughs> and we were talking about this. Shocker, he'd show up for yes, free food, exactly. too. They, he wasn't the – they're not the same – the people that are going to show up here for the Super Bowl are not the same ones that are 22 years old and heckling the Viking fans because they can't afford to make it. Here. I agree with that, but they won't be the ones going to the game. But those guys, so will. You, there still will be some of those guys that were, are coming to town. They'll hop on a Southwest just, flight. And, just to be here. Okay. Yes. And I do have a source who just informed me that uh, Crew 52 members are not allowed to wear their garb. Uh, until they are engaged in official crew 52 Is that like activities. Secret Service stuff? Right, because they don't want to be caught in a drunken brawl with their crew 52 stuff on. <laughs> oh, that'd be a bad Facebook video, huh? Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 24 degrees. This update brought to you by a Sprint. 1500 ESPN and Sprint want to send you to the ESPN campus in Bristol. Stop into any participating Minnesota Sprint store between now and February 9th to enter to win this trip that money can't buy. More details at 1500 ESPN. ESPN.com, keyword, Sprint. Gophers got off to a lead last night. Couldn't hold it. They were beaten by Northwestern 77-69. Nate Mason had 25 points and 9 assists. Didn't they have a 10-point lead at one point? Uh Uh-huh. Jeez. Gophers now 14-9, 3-7 in the Big Ten. They've lost six of their last seven. Gophers do have a six-day break now before they play Iowa next Tuesday. They stinks. Uh, If you can't, and they had Amir Coffee back last night. If you can't beat Northwestern at home, uh, you're in real trouble. Timberwolves forward Jimmy Butler and center Carl Anthony Towns named NBA Western Conference All-Stars. Both are reserves. It's Butler's fourth All-Star appearance. Well, it's the first for Towns. Uh, by the way, tonight the Wolves will play Portland as they continue their West Coast swing. Coach Tom Thibodeau said this morning, Butler probably doubtful for today uh, tonight's game. He's missed a couple in a row because of a knee issue. Jamal Crawford may be back tonight. He's had a bad toe and missed two games. Rook, you mentioned the uh, the Facebook and, and videos and whatnot that we've seen circulating from Philadelphia. The one that I will not stop watching, and I even posted to the Sports Talk page today, is the Philly fan trying to catch the subway <laughs> that runs directly into the pillar right on the platform. Oh, no. Yeah. Running, running I mean, full yes. blast. Full speed. Trying full to speed. catch a moving subway. Did he survive? Oh, he's yeah, fine, but know. he ran headfirst right into We're that We're going thing. Darwin on that? Oh, it's Full-fledged? It's very funny. News notes from today, St. Paul City Council member Russ Stark will resign his seat on the council to serve as Mayor Melvin Carter's environmental policy director. Why do we need that, Melvin? God Melvin, well, Melvin, the, stop. The official, no, Melvin. The official what? title will be Chief Resilience Officer, mm-hmm. one of 13 internal positions the mayor's office announced today. Uh, rather than appoint a chief of staff, Carter has created three new positions to serve as his top aides alongside the deputy mayor. Uh, joining Stark will be Tony Newborn, Chief Equity Officer. Well, you got to have that. And Tarek Tomes, the Chief Innovation Officer. You got to have that. Can you imagine the pieces of paper that are going to flutter out the window of the salon? Yeah. <laughs> Members of the St. Paul Charter Commission say the City Council can appoint a member of the public to fill this opening in a few months, uh, for a few months, excuse me. A special election to fill the two years remaining on Stark's unexpired term will likely be held at the time of the gubernatorial political primaries in. August. Home sales here in the Twin Cities nearly broke a record in 2017, although fewer homes were actually put on the market. That according to data released by Twin Cities Realtor Associations. Among the highlights, the median home sale price in Minneapolis-St. Paul rose to a record $246,000. Home sales fell just 12 units shy of a record set in 2004 
but seller activity did decline for the second year in a row. A release from the Realtor Group said the number of days a home was on the market fell to an 11-year low, and foreclosure activity fell to pre-2007 levels. New home construction increased, but previously owned homes made up about 93% of sales. Single-home, uh, single-family homes, excuse me, accounted for 75% of sales and sales of townhomes and condos. Both saw gains. Disgraced longtime USA Gymnastics team doctor Larry Nassar sentenced today to 40 to 175 years in prison for molesting young female gymnasts. Uh, he said the judge, Rosemary Aqualina, said, I've just signed your death warrant as she announced the sentence and delivered a searing rebuke for, of his years as an abuser. Aqualina also scoffed at the apology Nassar offered to his victims, said he will be required to make restitution to them. The 54-year-old Nassar pleaded guilty in November to seven counts of first-degree sex assault in Ingham County, as well as three additional charges in Eaton County, where he'll be sentenced next week. He's already serving a 60-year sentence in federal prison for child pornography convictions. Shortly after President Trump fired his FBI director in May, he summoned to the Oval Office the Bureau's acting director for a get-to-know-you meeting. The two men exchanged pleasantries, but before long, Trump, according to several current and former U.S. officials, then asked Andrew McCabe who he voted for in the 2016 election. (laughs) None of your business. McCabe said he didn't vote, according to the officials, Uh who, like others, interviewed for a story in the Washington Post, spoke on the condition of anonymity. Trump, the official said, also vented his anger at McCabe over the several hundred thousand dollars in donations that his wife, a Democrat, received for her failed 2015 Virginia State Senate bid from a political action committee controlled by a close friend of Hillary Clinton. The 49-year-old McCabe, who had been FBI deputy director for a little more than a year when James Coney was fired, is at the center of much of the political jockeying surrounding the investigation into potential coordination between Trump associates and the Kremlin. At an emotional New York press conference today, Elton John announced he'll retire from the road, although it'll be a lengthy farewell tour. Oh, yeah. Tickets are available? He said, I'm not going to be touring anymore. I'm not going to be touring and traveling in the world. My priorities have changed. That's uh, that's my bad. I have young children. Uh, now, before he finishes, if indeed this is a retirement announcement, Mm-hmm. He's spending three years on the road saying goodbye to his I'm going to retire except for a 300-tour date. 300-date tour that he's dubbed the Farewell Yellow Brick Road. Mm -hmm. He says, that doesn't mean I won't still be creative, but I won't travel anymore. I don't want to go out with a whimper. I want to go out with a bang. It'll be the most produced, fantastic show I've ever done. So that's Neil Diamond and Elton John in the last two days. Correct. Leaving the road. Yeah. You ever seen Elton? Uh, Have I? I'd like know. to see him live. I've I never seen have. Him t- twice, both wonderful shows. I bet he puts on a good yeah. show. Excellent shows. See Philadelphia. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Uh, he uh, he does a nice job. On uh, his day. best, one of his best songs. What would you say? Uh, I like it, but I like a lot of his songs. I thought there, when he first came out, the first four albums or so, brilliant. That was the real thing. Brilliant. Yeah, just brilliant stuff. I, I think, like. I think he went to Vegas. I would agree. I would agree. How about "Don't Go Breaking My Heart"? That's a cute. Well, that's that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Fuck. All right, thank you. We'll continue with the news. India's aviation regulator has barred two pilots who fought inside the cockpit from flying for five years. The pilots, a man and a woman, were fired by the private jet airways after the incident on a London to Mumbai flight earlier this month. Happened on January 1st. Reports said the incident occurred after the male pilot slapped the female pilot. Their flying licenses have been suspended for putting flight safety under threat. Uh, The two in midair left the cockpit as the brawl continued. 
The commander came out of the cockpit one hour before touchdown, complaining of being physically harassed by the co-pilot. Soon after, the co-pilot came out, leaving the cockpit unattended. The male pilot is accused of allegedly starting the fight with the slap. According to Indian media reports at the time, the woman left the cockpit in tears, but colleagues eventually persuaded her to go back in. Is Dave Dahl coming out? Yeah, thank you. I'm angry here. Fight like a man. Is Dave Dahl coming out? He is. Here's Dave Dahl in the Channel 5 Weather Center. Thank you, Joe. We have a lot of clouds out there. We're at 24 degrees right now, heading for a high today of about 26 to 28, somewhere in that range. A little bit of fog is starting to form here, but uh, much more dense fog down to our southwest, and that could come rolling over us later on tonight, so be aware of that. Could slow you down a little bit. 17 for the overnight low, south winds at around 5 miles per hour. Tomorrow morning fog. But then partly sunny in the afternoon. If we get a little sunshine, we should get up to about 34 for the high. Southeast winds at 5 to 10. More fog tomorrow night. And then partly cloudy and warmer on Friday as the winds start to pick up out of the south. 42 for the high on Friday. Saturday, though, another cold front comes through with a few flurries. And it'll be windy and cold. 30 for the high on Saturday and dropping temps after that. Sunday's high only 20. But next week, we're back into the mid-20s on Monday, back in the mid to upper 30s for Tuesday and Wednesday. And if we head toward the uh, big event, the Super Bowl, uh, it does look like another cold front's going to come through. So temps could get very chilly by the time we get to Super Bowl Sunday. Until that time tonight, going down to 17. Right now, we're at 24. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's been in the news, and it's been uh, told to us by our official GL geologist, Stacy. There's been a lot of activity in the so-called Ring of Fire. Yeah. The horseshoe-shaped uh, geological disaster zone. Uh, scientists say a rash of earthquakes and volcanic eruptions on the Ring of Fire are not connected at least five different events occurred in the Ring of Fire on Monday and Tuesday, including that 7.9er in uh, uh, Alaska. Massive earthquakes off the coast of Alaska triggered a tsunami warning that was later withdrawn. Uh, while the series of cataclysmic activity has come in rapid succession, science, scientists say most of them occurred thousands of miles apart, and there is nothing to suggest they are connected. It's very unlikely these things are related. William Yeck a research geophysicist for the U.S. Geological Survey told ABC News on Tuesday. Yek said the Ring of Fire, which encompasses 452 volcanoes and, war and where more than 80% of the world's largest earthquakes occurred, is constantly active. This amount of activity isn't unusual, Yek said. Well, here's the deal. The Ring of Fire stretches 25,000 miles. It goes from New Zealand up through Indonesia, the Philippines, and Japan, and then across the Aleutian Islands and down the coast of Alaska, Canada, and the west coast of the U.S., all the way down to the tip of South America. Quite a range. Now, if you want to worry about something that you can't do anything about, yeah. uh, this would be a candidate. Uh, more earthquake activity. Uh, that we can't do anything about. And I noticed something else, or I noted something else, in conjunction with that story. What's that? Uh, major earthquake faults run directly through Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills Shopping District. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Boy. something? According to uh, California geologists. Uh, there's an earthquake fault in Beverly Hills. Just a minute, where did I put my paper? A new data from state geologists show that an earthquake fault runs below Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, 
heightening the known seismic risk in an area famous for Cartier, Gucci, Prada, and other luxury brands. Uh, The California Geological Survey's final map has the Santa Monica Fault Zone cutting through the so-called Golden Triangle running between Santa Monica and Wilshire Boulevards. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The new map is a change from a draft version released last year that showed... uh, that was only on the western edge of Beverly Hills. Uh, no, it, it comes right through it. Right there. Right Smack there, right downtown. The Santa Monica is one of several faults running through the highly populated areas of Southern California to generate interest and concern from seismic experts and government officials. The fault zone cuts through the heart of the west side, straddling or paralleling Santa Monica Boulevard through Century City and Westwood before veering due west with segments running into Brentwood, Santa Monica, and Pacific Palisades. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's capable of producing a major magnitude 7 earthquake. Experts believe the most recent earthquake on the Santa Monica Fault occurred 1,000 to 3,000 years ago. So the, it happened since. That's is that a since? Mm-hmm. Over the last few years, the state has stepped up drawing official so-called Alquist Priolo earthquake fault zones across California, a required first step before seismic safety laws can apply to areas. So this is from the uh, Los Angeles Times. Uh, and there's maps and charts and it's just nifty stuff. The Beverly Hills Shopping District has some of the r- priciest real estate in the nation, but the area is already fairly developed with a mix of shops and mid-rise office buildings. It's unclear whether new major developments could be approved based on this. We're all afraid of earthquakes, said Norbert Wabneg, who runs the cheese store of Beverly Hills. To know there's a fault line underneath us, that's even scarier. Buildings directly on top of faults can suffer major damage and destruction as one side of the building moves away from the other. Uh, okay. How do you get gutsy enough to open a cheese store in that area? I got news for you. Yeah? You get some good cheese there. <laughs> you get the big right. wheel. You got the, yeah. The They're giant, not worried about the price of the big wheel there, are you they? You get the giant wheel. Yeah. The Santa Monica Earthquake Fault Zone is generally 1,000 feet wide and runs west of Beverly Hills for more than eight miles with the zone running through the Westfield Century City Mall and the Mormon Temple. Hmm. Uh, it was past earthquakes that made Santa Monica Boulevard a perfect spot for a major roadway and the red car trolley line, a flat area just below a hillside. Prehistoric earthquakes threw up the north side of Santa Monica Boulevard, forming the dramatic hillside perch that the Mormon Temple now calls home and moving it west toward the ocean. How do they know all this? Well, they got studies. You know, you can get them. Uh, uh, Other parts of the fault path are inferred in which geologists connect the dots between two points along the fault, and we see a fault at point A, and there's good evidence there's a fault at point B. Faults are typically continuous features. They don't stop. Uh, Beverly Hills spokeswoman Therese Kosterman said the city is aware of the new Santa Monica Fault map issued by the state. The current map has significant revisions from the earlier draft map. Here's the one I'd be worried about. If you want to worry about something you can't do anything about. Yeah, what's that? Uh, the name is escaping me, but the fault that gets it doesn't get much publicity, it needs better marketing, is the fault uh, that would take out uh, Seattle and Portland and... Uh, uh, what the hell was that called? Uh, that Remember. one, I, that one, I think, has gotten a lot of concern over the years. Uh, but it's uh, somewhat uh, ironic to think that uh, 
the uh, quite the crowd there in Beverly Hills is stand, they're they're literally living on top of the fault. Mm-hmm. It looks like is it the S- Seattle Fault? No, I can't remember the name, but uh, given the activity lately, okay. and our and our GL geologist will certainly weigh in if she ever needs to on this. But given the activity lately, uh, all around the Ring of Fire, if you want to worry about something yeah. you can't do anything about, this would be a the earthquakes would be a major candidate for me. Uh, just because you have absolutely no idea when, where, or how. There you go. There you, you see go. how that goes. Mm-hmm. If there's one silver lining, it's that the Santa Monica Fault and its cousins, the Hollywood and the Raymond Faults, move far more slowly than California's most famous fault, the San Andreas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Say, if you, um, if before you take us to a break, do you have 22 on in there? I don't. I can. Uh, on, on, uh, 94 and 494 at that intersection. We call that the Fish Lake Split. That is, uh, that's out Maple Grove way? Yep. Uh, that car really got itself into a pickle. Uh, there's a tow truck there ready to, to wrench that <laughs> oh, thing yeah. out of there. Down but, in the median there? Yeah, that's really, I mean, you're really doing something mm. wrong if you're that far God, into the... some dummies on the road. You're probably going a little too but quickly. they didn't abandon the car. No. Fine, Joe Souchere. The fault uh, I was thinking of up in the Seattle area yeah. is the Cascadia Fault that was provided by the chief offsite correspondent, which is why he's the chief offsite correspondent because he does the work you guys are supposed not to do. Not the Seattle Fault, and then just give up when it's not the Seattle. No, it's the Cascadia Fault. It doesn't get as much. Uh, it doesn't get as much info. And uh, Stacy just uh, emailed me a note that the Alaska quake affected uh, groundwater levels in the state of Florida. What? Mm-hmm. Man, the world is messed up. No, it's interesting. Oh. 1500 okay. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 24 degrees. 